Welcome to Layers with CompTIA's IT security community. Here, we talk to experts who work in IT security and help identify ways to protect your clients and their privacy. Hi, this is Kathleen Martin, and I am a community manager here at CompTIA. Today, I am guest hosting on the IT Security Layers podcast, live from ChannelCon. And I'd like to introduce you to a guest today that I have met while here at ChannelCon. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell me what your company does? Sure, Kathleen, thanks. Um, I'm Dave Watts. I'm the Chief Financial Officer with INSOC. Um, we have a product that is strictly sold through the channel. We empower MSPs to improve the security of their clients' networks. Easiest way to explain it is kind of an analogy, and that is imagine an alarm system for your home that uh, is going to detect if someone's trying to get in your home or if someone has already gotten into your home and what they're doing. We do the same thing for businesses' networks, including wherever their data is stored. It could be on their local network, it could be in Azure, AWS, or even Office 365. Wow, so it's not only taking care of the devices I own, but it's protecting the data that I'm storing, correct? Correct, yes. Terrific, and you were telling me just a little bit about how your company is very selective as to who you sell to, right. correct? Correct, we only sell to MSPs. Um, we want to empower them to be able to compete with MSSPs, and we want to um, uh, only sell through the channel. We're never going to be in competition with the MSP, and in fact, we try to educate the MSPs that are trying to start with security practices. All right, so I've read a little bit about your product, and we've kind of talked about it a little, and I think the part that really got me started is looking at our conversation we had here at ChannelCon uh, with Eric O'Neill as a guest speaker yesterday, and he said there are no hackers, only spies. And you and I talked about this just a little bit. What is your thought about hackers versus spies and how they're coming after our data and information? Yeah, I think, I think it's no longer war games with somebody attacking you from their bedroom, the teenager from their bedroom, instead it is uh, professional criminals now, um, they're gaining access to your network. It's, it's organized crime. So you have uh, some criminals who are going to basically get in and they're going to, all they're trying to do is establish access into your network. Then they're going to sell that to someone else and then they're going to come in and commit the crimes. But the average dwell time, which is a fancy way of saying how long someone's lurking inside your network and doing reconnaissance, is about 270 plus days. That's creepy. There is no part of me that is not a little freaked out to know that somebody would be spending just about a year inside of my my network, my system, my servers, taking a peek around that I might not know about. Not even just taking a peek, but they're also doing, they're setting it up to where they'll have like the perfect time to commit whatever crime it is they're going to do. And they're gonna, so let's say it's ransomware, they're gonna actually be disabling your backups ahead of time or making sure that the backup jobs run, but they're not backing up uh, uh, they're only backing up a small piece of information instead of everything you thought you were backing up. Holy cow, now, can you share with me an example where you've seen this or something that's come out of this? Sure, so um, an example is uh, we ha uh, have a client who's a client of ours now. Um, they were not, an important distinction, not at the time this happened, and it's a CPA firm, 15-person CPA firm. So that's a pretty you know small firm. A lot of small firms think that um, this kind of stuff Crime, cyber crime is not going to really happen to them or they don't really have anything to, worth stealing. So what happened with this is, with this CPA firm, um, someone, uh, the managing partner, leaves after April 15th to go on vacation. He gets a phone call on the beach from his other partner and says, we've been hacked. And he goes, what do you mean? So what had happened was someone had been in their network for months 
They had access to the managing partner's login information to the network, to his email, everything. They knew when he was going on vacation, they knew uh, when he was going to be gone, and what they did was they had logged in to the network and then they had uh, duplicated all of their clients in their uh, tax accounting prep software. And then what they had done is they actually ran a report for everyone that had filed tax extensions, all right, that means they haven't done a full return, went in, beefed up all their deductions so they could get a, a higher refund, filed those refunds electronically through that CPA's software, their own software, and then had them sent to debit cards, the refunds, okay? And so then what they did was, and they had done all this on, they had duplicated those accounts first because the notifications are tied to the, the account. Mm -hmm. And then they went in and deleted the duplicate accounts they had done the returns on so that the CPA wouldn't get any notifications. So they filed over 100 returns and they filed for about a million dollars in refunds. Amazing and scary. I mean, really scary when you think about the theft and the loss to those individual taxpayers. But what is the loss to an average business when something like this occurs? I know they're not all CPAs. Right. I know with them specifically, they spent several hundred thousand dollars on just the notifications. So one of the things that's often overlooked is you, if you have a breach and it affects X number of people, every state's a little different on, on, on what that threshold is. But because they had, they had like a lot of investors and um, partnerships, real estate partnerships, so they had to notify in all 50 states. Okay, oh, wow. you have to have an attorney do that for you. That's not something you do yourself. And so imagine having an attorney do 50 different things for you, uh, all at whatever they charge, $500 an hour or something. Um, I think a, a really common misconception though is that, um, oh, it's only gonna be whatever, my, my data's not worth much, so why I don't really have much at risk. I think um, two things that you uh, are, are often overlooked by the business owner. One is, so let's say, I, I know another MSP that had like 67 machines that had ransomware get on them in one, one weekend. So you're gonna to have to wipe all 67 of those machines and servers and restore all of them. So can you imagine how much time that's gonna take? That looks like two to three weeks of downtime working full time, all right? What is two to three weeks of downtime worth to your business? Mm -hmm. To most businesses, that would be a lot of money, all right? And the thing that's a, a hidden cost, I think, is your reputation. So what is that worth to you and what are your clients going to say if like, wow, I can't really depend on my business or my vendor because they were down for three weeks. They're obviously not taking care of their cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Well, and we hear that time and time again from different uh, vendors in the security area that this really is an industry of trust. It's not just how good are the products, not just how good are the people, but it's how trustworthy the people and the products are. And uh, even for people trying to find a job in cybersecurity, understanding the necessity of trust. And it, I think you're exactly right. There is a hard cost, dollars. There is a resource cost, people and time. And then there is the reputation cost. And I imagine that reputation cost is equal to the hard cost in dollars, if not more, in lost opportunities. I Definitely. I think it's probably worth it. I mean, I think it's a much higher cost, actually. CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at comptia.org register. So explain to me a little bit, because I know your product is listed as AI-driven detection. So what is your artificial intelligence doing in the background? I mean, 
Is that like Robbie the robot is protecting my <laughs> pretty, security or pretty my much. data? The easier to explain if I talk about a little bit about how machine, how the traditional alerting works. Every device on a network talks in what we call logs, his logs, mm -hmm. all right? So they're all spitting out information. Here's what's happening, here's what's happening, here's what's happening. And there's hundreds of logs per minute, all right? And that for each device, multiply that times, you know, even a small firm with 20 people is gonna have probably 100 devices on its network. So imagine 100 times that of those hundreds of logs per minute, just a lot of data, raw data. So traditional learning might be, oh, someone is trying to do, I, I, I see one piece of, uh, someone's trying to do something on a particular machine. Well, that alone, if you, if you could even make sense of the logs that are coming out of it, that's not really smart information, it's just an alert, mm -hmm. all right? So what we do instead is, we're gonna take all these seemingly separate types of alerts and then we're gonna look at them holistically and figure out, so if I'm mistyping my password a few times, maybe that's a benign thing, maybe it's not bad, but if at the same exact millisecond, we're having somebody trying to um, come in through the firewall from the Ukraine, then maybe that is a problem, okay? Or if someone's trying to log in, but the source of that login is from the someplace that's out, out of state or out of country, then that probably is information we wanna know. You're only gonna get to that information with artificial intelligence. Wow. So there really is a benefit then to leaving that traditional form of providing security to your data and your system to moving to something that is far more sophisticated with AI. Yeah, it's, it's not meant to replace everything that you've already put in, you, you still need those things, those defenses, but we need to take the information that some of those defenses already can generate and then make sense of it. So, um, you know, we if you don't have that artificial intelligence, there's no way you're going to know that two different, what seem like separate things are actually uh, linked to each other. One of the things we've been talking about over in technology lifecycle services is the important inside of a business of people and processes. So when I think about where a problem could occur inside of a client's business or your own business, it would kind of seem to me that people and processes would be two weak links, a lack of a process to deal with the people. And when I was kind of doing a bit of research preparing to talk to you, I was astounded to see that the average person brings six to 6.5, how they get 0.5, I'm unclear, <laughs> but six connected devices into the office every time they enter an environment. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And it would seem to me that, number one, I need to make sure the person's following it. We've all followed the stories where the person clicks on the link or follows through. We watched it with the DNC, right? right. Somebody thought that, and, and Eric O'Neill explained that yesterday, seemed like it was a safe email. We saw what happens there. But then what is the process that a business should think about when employing a system like yours in order to protect things inside the office? So one of the things that we do, I think that's a little bit unique with our uh, product, is that we actually, during the first 30 days, we're gonna help the MSP harden their client's environment. So hardening is a fancy way of saying lock it down and get rid of unnecessary risk. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we're gonna to wanna to do is we're gonna to wanna to go in and say, for example, with your 6.5 devices, um, the old school way is like people can come in, hey, don't please don't bring your device in, and, and then, then it's a matter of just trust. The problem is people do whatever they think they need to do to get their job done, and so what we wanna do is we wanna make, we wanna trust but verify, 
So what we're going to do is we're going to go in and say, all right, what are all, during that first 30 days, what are all the authorized devices that you want to allow on your network? Then we can, then we have a database now of what's allowed, and now we get alert on everything that's not allowed. So if somebody brings in their home computer and they plug it in and it has malware on it, we're going to be able to alert on all that. In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. Become a member today at comptia.org slash register. Is there a process that you would recommend companies consider when they start to think about what they're doing with their people, what they'd say to them, or how you might advise them to consider not bringing Alexa into the office or right. not bringing in that laptop that maybe is not authorized? I think there's two things. One is I think you should just... Uh, Great security starts with the right policies. Mm -hmm. And so that means that uh, you want someone at the C-level of a business involved in that and understanding that. They don't have to be technical, but they do need to make decisions on what's gonna be, what we're gonna allow or not allow. It shouldn't be just up to the IT person, all right? So let's say that you say, we're not gonna allow you to bring in your own devices, or if you're going to bring in your own devices, then we're gonna have, require that you put our tool set on it mm -hmm. or something like that. So I would have written policies in place and then I would have every employee sign that at a minimum once a year and re-sign it each year because it's plus one, it's going to change a little bit, but it's also going to remind them of this is like, this is important stuff. You want it to be top of mind. The second part is I would want to put something in where I'm going to be able to, so that's, that's we're going to ask them to trust, to remember to do those things, but I also want to be alerted on when those things are happening because someone, people break rules. That's just the way people are. It doesn't even mean it's like any um, ill uh, intent. They're just trying to get their job done. Oh, yeah, great. Agreed. Yeah. So, or they're trying to entertain their kid while they come into work on a Saturday. So they let their kid get on Wi-Fi with their computer or their device. So we want to be notified and alerted if something like that happens. Um, and I would also, just as a separate note, uh, recommend if, as much as you can segment away um, your production data from other networks um, and, and have segmented that networks in your um, environment. So you could have a guest network that has nothing to do with your production data. And if you're going to allow people to come in, you only make that one accessible to them. So you still help them do what they think they need to do, and then you're still protecting your data. You know, that's very interesting because we happen to be here at ChannelCon at the same time that the Black Hat Conference is going on. And uh, our company actually did create for us a network that we as employees are on with our employee devices, our company approved devices as well as a separate system that is running for all of our vendors and guests here at the event. And I think it's very much what you're explaining to me, which is we've got to take it seriously, right? You the, have the to take difference. it seriously. Yeah. Especially with Wi-Fi. Isn't that huge? We all want to go in and stores are advertising it. Every hotel advertises it. Get yeah. on our free Wi-Fi, but... I imagine that is an area of great concern for anybody in security. Would you allow just anyone to walk into your home? Absolutely not. So that's what's happening when everybody hops on the same Wi-Fi. 
Oh, that's so scary to think about. So if I was thinking just how to wrap this up, what might be your two things for people to consider? If you were gonna leave them with two messages, maybe not just related to your product, but related to security in general, what would you share with those MSPs to think about? Well, one thing is the world has changed and the old school method of protecting your clients is not gonna cut it anymore. And yet, if you, I've heard some MSPs say, well, I don't, I'm not a security vendor. I don't wanna get this involved in it. The problem is your clients have this expectation and they expect you to be able to do this. And who are they gonna to come to if they're breached? So I think you need to get ahead of it. And I, can't, I don't think you can put your head in the sand anymore. Um, and so one of the things that I, I, I try to stress to people is the old school way of protecting a, uh, your client's network is all, I'm gonna call it perimeter based. Mm -hmm. So it's like a fence. So your firewall is a fence around the network, the endpoint protections, of, you know, maybe a, a fence around the, the server or the workstation, et cetera. That's not enough anymore. It's gotten so sophisticated. If they get past those perimeter defenses, you don't have any eyes and ears on what goes on. So imagine an alarm system at your home that only looks at the doors and the windows. And if someone gets in the house, then you can, they can move around freely and you don't know what's happening. So it's time to be able to step up your security and have eyes and ears on what's going on inside the network and also inside wherever their data is, whether it be Office 365 or Azure or AWS, et cetera. Terrific. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking this time with me today. It's been great to learn about you and to learn about AI-driven protection as we think about our data and our services and to have a better understanding of some of the risk that's out there. I got to tell you, I'm going to be checking many of my backups right now to see who's been hanging out for 200 days. <laughs> kind of freaks me out just a little, but thank you for this time. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you for listening to Layers, a podcast by CompTIA's IT security community. Subscribe to this and all the CompTIA community podcasts. Just search for CompTIA on your favorite podcast app.